Hello and welcome to another episode of SN Off the Shelf. I'm your host, Bill Wilson, and I am the senior editor of Supermarket News. Here with me is Kennedy Smith, who is a senior researcher for the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Kennedy is a co-author of a study titled The Dollar Store Invasion, which goes into some of the negative impacts of dollar stores in the community. So, Kennedy, tell me how this study came about. Uh, Why was it decided that this was a a good time to do this study? Sure. Um, Thanks. So we did a report, a shorter report a few years ago. It was really more of a fact sheet um, in 2017, 2018, um, about the impact that dollar stores were beginning to have on communities at that point. They were, you know, relatively new or certainly their sort of big growth spurt was relatively recent. Um, And we've begun to get some inquiries and comments from communities about, hey, these things are beginning to be a problem. And they're hurting, in particular, some of our food stores in the community. And then uh, since then, the acceleration has been phenomenal. The number of dollar stores has just exploded. The impact it's had on communities has exploded. And the inquiries that we've gotten from communities has exploded, too. And it's largely because of that, because we've had so many um, calls for assistance and advice and guidance from um, all kinds of people in communities, from um, civic leaders, from everyday sort of shoppers who are concerned about what's happening, um, that we decided to put together a new report. Um, There also has been some new scholarship that's happened since the 2018 fact sheet that we put together. A number of new studies have come out looking at um, sort of the the relationship between dollar stores and um, race, food health, uh, neighborhood health, all kinds of things like that. And so for all those reasons, we thought it was a good idea to put together the report. Talk about race and uh, the effect it has in Black and Latino communities. Um, You know, obviously, according to your study, it does not carry the best effect. You want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. And uh, in in this, we're drawing uh, in part on some scholarship that's been done by uh, Dr. Jerry Shannon, who's a geography professor in Georgia, the University of Georgia. Um, But we'd seen this ourselves in doing some mapping, especially in urban areas. I would say this is a little bit more of an urban phenomena than it is a rural, uh, smaller community phenomena. But if you do a map of where dollar stores are, chain dollar stores in almost any city in the U.S., and then do an overlay um, of the racial uh, demographic characteristics of those locations, you'll see the dollar stores are are, uh, overwhelmingly locating uh, in minority uh, neighborhoods. Which is a real problem because you know these are neighborhoods that maybe don't have the economic resources of others. They don't have the transportation uh, options to be able to go to a full service grocery store someplace else, and they probably don't have the political power to be able to do anything about it either. So, talk about some of the tactics that dollar stores do to kind of drown out uh, any competition. Uh, I believe your study points to that and, uh, you know, some of the strategies that they do to to push the comp- competition out? Sure. Uh, There's several things that they that they do. One is that they um, they'll locate uh, near existing food stores, grocery stores, um, so that they're sort of, you know, they have sort of the location advantage there. Um, and they have the the pockets, the deep pockets to be able to wait it out, you know, so they might lose money on some products for a while. Um, while that grocery store is still in business, but they can afford to 
lose money on a particular store and wait until they don't have the competition. They also engage in predatory um, pricing and predatory buying. Um, so because of their market muscle, they're able to demand uh, better prices from their suppliers uh, than uh, grocers can usually buy uh, on a wholesale basis. Um, and they also uh, take part in shrinkflation, where they ask for specific smaller sizes of things. And this is, you know, there are people on TikTok now that are reporting on this a lot where, you know, a, a you know, a carton of milk uh, that would be, you know, $4 at a full service grocery store might be, you know, $3 at the dollar store, but it's going to be on an ounce by ounce basis more expensive. But people perceive it as being less expensive because the unit prices is, is lower for the item. Lots of tactics like that, that, uh, that, you know, independent retailers have a very hard hard time competing with. You also point out that um, a lot of these dollar store chains do not have the frozen food capacity. Um, now, the dollar store, the Dollar Tree store has um, announced that it is increasing its cooler capacity um, in, in some of its stores. Do you view that as, as a good sign or just same old, here they are still doing their tactics, they're just going to increase it to frozen foods? Well, I mean, I think we need to, in all fairness, we need to sort of wait and see what, what comes of that. Um, they still will not be able to provide the, the volume capacity of what a full-service grocery store does, um, and that's a problem. It also is worth pointing out, and this sort of gets to their, their tactics in a way, but also to their business model in terms of shipment and distribution um, and the warehousing that they're able to do, is that they tend to uh, sell prepackaged and processed foods and, it, and frozen foods may begin to fall into that category, too, which is where, as you know, the people who read your publication know, um, there's a higher profit margin. So if they were just selling produce, fresh produce, um, that would be one thing. But they're selling things that the independent grocery stores are also uh, earning a higher profit margin on. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with frozen food. I'm, I'm skeptical about whether uh, they will have the ability to get as fresh frozen food. Um, as an independent uh, grocer might, but we'll see. Yeah, the study also points out that uh, they are often short-staffed, so they are in violation of, you know, safety issues. Do you want to, can you go into any any of these safety issues that come into play here? Sure, and this is something that is um, evolving pretty quickly right now. I, I get, you know, uh, uh, news feeds every day, uh, looking at news stories that are coming across about dollar stores. And this one is really shooting up there. I see stories about this every day. Um, there are a bunch of problems. One is sort of the crime, the crime aspect, where because of their business model, they're lightly staffed and it's just impossible for, you know, the staff to be able to um, unload merchandise and shelve it and, you know, attend to shoppers' questions and needs and helping them find things and staff the cash register at the same time. And so it's very easy for someone to come in and and rob a store. Um, and sometimes these robberies turn violent. The Gun Violence Archive has documented hundreds of uh, violent crimes, gun-related crimes that have happened at dollar stores. One of the we, and we've heard from uh, police uh, uh, officials in a number of communities who say these stores are basically like walk-in self-service ATMs because it's just you know it's so easy to rob, and also because they get so much merchandise in that they can't unpack quickly enough, um, their front windows may be blocked. And so people who are driving by or police that are coming by can't see what's happening in the store. And so it's hard to to see and monitor. Also, all the, the shipments they get in, um, because they don't have the staff capacity to unload them 
quickly. Um, they pile up in aisles, they pile up, uh, pile up in back rooms. Um, and there are a number of documented cases where they're uh, blocking emergency exits, exits, they're blocking electrical panels. Um, the Occupational Safe and um, Hazard Administration has been all over uh, both of the major dollar store chains for that for uh, certainly this past year. And I see it intensifying with millions of dollars of fines um, and lawsuits because of it. So there's been a number of communities since 2019 that have been successful in blocking um, a, a dollar store coming to their community. Uh, if you can explain how have they been successful in, in blocking that? And do you see this trend continuing and seeing more and more of these types of incidents? Yeah, we actually see it accelerating. Um, and that's based on the, the calls that we're fielding. Um, uh, in our in our office. Um, and because of that, we also put two companion uh, publications out along with the dollar store report. One of them is a strategy guide for community uh, members and community leaders. And the second is sort of an expanded um, report on 17 of the major problems that dollar stores create um, that people can use to uh, educate people in their communities about some of these issues. Um, but it's definitely accelerated since, uh, well, I mean, we've been tracking this since probably 2012, I would say. And since 2012, about 75 communities that we're aware of have blocked dollar stores, but 50 of those have been just in the past couple of years. Um, so it's definitely an uptick. And there really are two different things that are happening. One is, you know, a dollar store is proposed for a community and people uh, may try to block that particular store from happening. And that often comes down to uh, an interpretation of a community's planning and land use laws and its zoning code. Um, one of the, the weak links that we see there is that communities very often have comprehensive plans in place, which are basically the vision statement for a community that a community develops every decade or so. Um, and that's the document that will sort of outline what people in the community want to see in terms of, you know, educational opportunities, recreation, economic development, um, environmental issues, all those things. And they almost always, I've hardly ever seen a comprehensive plan that doesn't say we want to support and, and cultivate a robust um, uh, business environment of locally owned businesses and provide good opportunities for entrepreneurs to thrive here. Something, some variation of that. Well, that has to get turned into shoe leather, so to speak. It has to be, you know, kind of um, converted into a community zoning code. And often communities haven't done that yet. They haven't taken that leap to turn it into zoning code. So uh, many communities that are able to stop dollar stores do so by looking at their planning and land use laws and finding discrepancies between the vision um, and the law itself um, and making the point that, wait, this is not really what, you know, our code enables or what the community wants. So that's sort of thing number one, which is sort of fighting, fighting individual proposals for dollar stores. The second, which we're seeing a, a very rapid uptick on, are communities that are um, implementing, adopting ordinances that in some way uh, regulate or restrict dollar store development. Um, and there are several different types of those, the most common of which is what we call dispersal ordinances, which basically say a new dollar store cannot locate within a certain geographic distance of an existing one so that we're not, you know, oversaturated with them, but they're kind of spaced out. Um, a few years ago, the first dispersal ordinances that communities adopted tended to specify one mile of distance. Um, many of those sort of first generation ordinances are now being revised to increase that to two and a half miles or five miles. Um, and many of those are also uh, being revised to include um, specific requirements for how much uh, square footage or how much shelf space 
of the store has to be devoted to fresh food, um, fresh food and produce. Um, again, making sure that, you know, the store is not creating a food desert uh, with its presence, putting out of business existing grocery stores. Um, there also are ordinances that, um, uh, you know, uh, limit the number of business licenses uh, given to dollar stores. And there are some ordinances uh, that we call formula business ordinances, which say, we want to have a diversity of business types in the community. So we don't want more than X number of, you know, a store that has the same logo, the same marketing tactics, the same merchandise. We want some diversity there. Um, and across the board, all of those ordinances, the communities that are passing them is is shooting up pretty quickly. Um, we've even seen one example of a community that's passed an ordinance saying no dollar stores are permitted ever. We have enough. We don't want any more. So this study really doesn't pull any punches. Uh, have you, I've reached out to the Dollar Tree. I'm, I'm trying to get comments from them. I'm trying to get them to come on and, and do an interview. Have you heard from any of these dollar stores, uh, their, you know, what they're doing to support themselves from this study saying, you know what, this is not who we really are. Have you seen any of that happening? No, we've heard we've heard nothing from them. Um, there are some some local news media that have reached out to them. I don't think any that I've heard of, at least, have heard from Dollar General. I know that there are a couple of communities that have gotten sort of a a rote statement back from Dollar Tree saying that you know we seek to be you know good citizens and provide services and products at a fair price for people. So nothing directly addressing any of the things we've outlined in the report, but simply you know stating here's our our routine position. Anything else? I'll, I'll be very curious to see what you hear from them. Uh, I would love to see them respond. Um, anything else you have to add about this study? Um, I guess the one thing I would say, which is more is sort of about uh, sort of um, tactics or approach for communities, is that um, we often hear in local battles about dollar stores, uh, proposed dollar stores, uh, that one of the dollar stores are actually one of its developers because they're often it's usually the developer who's the one who applies for the zoning variances and the permits, and that's the one that the community has the interface with. Um, but we often hear that, you know, hey, it's just free enterprise. This is the American way. Competition is good. Um, and what is missing from that argument is that if the playing field isn't level, if this is, if a big corporation is using its market muscle to get better prices from suppliers and to negotiate special sizes and kind of tricking customers, um, that's not that's not fair, and it's not a competitive environment, and therefore it really isn't free enterprise. Um, and community leaders need to be courageous in you know sticking to their comprehensive plans and their zoning codes and saying no. We have we're under no obligation to make a zoning exception for this store. Um, we want to you know really examine this issue carefully and make sure that we're making decisions that are in the best economic um, and uh, health uh, interest of our community and our citizens. All right, Kennedy Smith, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it.